On this episode of Missouri Catfish, we talk to Central Missouri Catfish Tournament Reserve Champion Joe Bell as he reflects on the past year and looking ahead to Wigwam at Lake of the Ozarks. I'm your host, Cliff Thornburg. Shove off with us and let's get started. Telling stories by the fires, the gators are singing like a thousand piece choir. And then Dad says, Did you hear that? That's the sound of an Appaloosa cat. Bang! It is season two already, episode one. Happy New Year. I hope everyone had a great New Year and Christmas is becoming a distant memory, but we are fast forwarding into 2023 and lots of exciting stuff going on. As far as locally, Army Corps of Engineers released a press release that they are putting in a fish passage at Lock and Dam 22, Saverton. And this is going to allow lots of different fish to move up up the Mississippi River. I think they could always come down pretty easy during times of high water and stuff. But it will make it much easier for fish to go upriver, which means skipjack, blue cats, buffalo, blue suckers, all the fish that we love and value, especially as cat fishermen. It's going to really just extend extend what we can do, and I think it's going to help all the pools if you can connect some of these. And I I watched the whole YouTube sp- spiel, but basically this one's kind of a test pilot on to do this at all of the locks. So hopefully they learn a lot from doing this fish passage, and they will pass it on to all these other locks, and they will connect them sometime so huge win it's going to be done the next three or four years as long as um i think funding secured but i don't know about for progressive fish ladders or fish fish passages on other locks but i think it's just a great great win and they chose this lock which i thought you'd choose the one farthest uh, downriver, but they chose this one for some technical reasons and because there were reproducing populations of silver and bighead carp, grass carp, on both sides of the lock. So I think invasive species is a big concern of theirs. Everyone's so afraid they're going to get in the Great Lakes and all. But there were, there's reproducing fish on both sides, so there wasn't any concerns there. So cool, cool, cool looking ahead on there. I heard uh, Guy Euro on Fish of the Week, there's rumblings of splitting the bowfin into two species, a subspecies uh, geographically. I think it was north and south on that, so that's pretty wild. And then on the last uh, episode, or on the last publication from American Currents, they had Fishes of Wisconsin in there, which... If you're not a member of North American Native Fish Association, NANFA, and you're real geeky towards fish, I would really encourage you to become a member of that because you get this cool fish publication. Now, a lot of it's too sciencey for me. You know, they use Latin names, and there'll be fish in other parts of the country that I really don't care about. But if you're into fish... That's a cool publication because the photos are great. The articles are great. Anyway, pertaining to us, there is a John Brandt, the Director of Public Works, Natural Fisheries Biologist down at Fort Leonard Wood. And Missouri's at the forefront of all this that we have lampreys in our state. We have six of them. Two of them are parasitic. And I've caught the chestnut lamprey think on common carp. I caught a couple of them. 
Anyway, it's common in the winter if you pull up buffalo or carp or even paddlefish on the river, they will have uh, these big lamprey stuck on them and they will look like giant leeches. They're kind of gross. They're extremely primitive fish. They were here long before trees. It's the most primitive fish we have and it looks like it. But you will also see lamprey disc marks, chestnut lampreys in particular, and maybe silvers if you're up, up on the Mississippi. But even after they've dropped off of the fish, you'll see like a round disc mark where, where they've been attached to them. At any rate, this John Brandt down at Fort Leonard Wood observed chestnut lampreys and southern brook lampreys spawning together. Now, it's pretty sciencey. I didn't cover it all, but basically... They think chestnut lampreys and southern brook lampreys could be the same species with different life history forms and the same with the silver lamprey, which is a parasitic one, and the northern brook lamprey, which is not parasitic. So it could be the same fish, but they look pretty different and they eat different stuff and they live a different way. And life history forms has really fascinated me. I first learned about them in lake trout up on Lake Superior. So they have these populations of lake trout. There's the lean kind, which is the shallow water ones that most people catch. And then there's the fat kind or Ciscoet lake trout, which are actually more common in that lake. And they're, they're not good to eat because they're so fatty and oily. But they live in real extreme depths and they don't, really intermingle with the other lake trout. So they look like them, kind of, but they live in different parts of the lake, don't really intermingle, but they're the same fish, and it's kind of they've evolved in this different form of life. I think it's fascinating because you hear biologists talk about blue cats, and they'll say, well, a third of them are pretty transient. They're they're going here and there. They're always on the move. Some of them are always kind of homebodies, and and then there's a mix in there. And I wonder, is there different life history forms, or is it just the nature of all fish? All fish do that, and and with blue cats, with their kind of confined areas, that, that there isn't really these life history forms. Either way, I think it's fascinating. Up next, we are going to talk to Joe Bell, the reserve champion, and I love talking to Joe. He really... He'll he'll help you out. I know. Not even on the podcast. I'll I'll text Joe and ask him what he's doing or what he's what he has going on. And he wants everyone to get better. He he wants to compete and do well. But he he's here for everybody, and he's just a really cool dude. And he made a huge push last year in the tournament rankings to make it a competitive race. And it's going to be so interesting with him. Not, I, I don't want to say all in for this next year, but he's going to run a lot of these tournaments, I know. And unless, you know, some life circumstance. But I think he's a, a real force to be reckoned with. Uh, with this new schedule and with with uh, the momentum he had coming into this year. So without further ado, here is Joe Bell. We're on here with Joe Bell. And I guess you had a good Christmas and New Year's? Yeah, I had a really good Christmas. Um, New Year's, we started it off yesterday with uh, going fishing. So you can't ever go wrong whenever you get to go fishing for the first time in the New Year. So I took my soon-to-be four-year-old daughter. Um, That was her first solo trip. She's gone before with uh, her sister. But yesterday it was her first time going by herself and we had a a really good day down at the lake the ozarks and put quite a few nice fish in the boat and had a good day good deal were you fish mainly channels down there well yesterday no i mean i fish everything but uh they, they're not running water so i i mean i targeted the channel initially and in one of my better spots and never even had a bite so i went to a cove and found them in a cove but that bite sh- went away and then we kind of were in a lull for a good part of the day and then we pulled back up on a channel and 
caught like six fish off the channel within like an hour and then it was getting cl- getting to the time where she was getting rest- restless you know it was about three o'clock and she had been up since five o'clock in the morning so it was probably time for her to get home so yeah well she's tougher than my fishing partner old doug <laughs> there um so that's good she had a good day and didn't get too cold yeah she had a really good day well, i mean it was just <clears throat> we had the enclosure on had the heat on and we had a lot of questions being asked good yeah <laughs> so uh last time we talked to you you you'd finished uh second at the uh a tournament and you had a real nice flathead and then since then you you finished second in the championship points overall yeah um that was a tough battle i mean um i knew going into that championship day we were I mean, we were a long shot out. We needed to win it and Brian and John to have a really bad day, which I did not expect to happen. And turns out they uh, did not have a bad day. They had a really great day. So, um, yeah, we, we had a lot of fun, you know, making up ground because initially I wasn't even going to fish for points. And I guess it was after – I would say the Lake the Ozark event in June down there at Drake Harbor after we had like a fourth place finish. I was like, eh, maybe we can, you know, I was looking at what my dates were as far as how many events I had left. I was like, maybe we can do it, you know, if we finish good. And then we started finishing pretty decent in some of those tournaments. And uh, I said, well, we might as well just stick with it. And so. Well, yeah. And that's awesome because you made it a race because. If you hadn't, you know, started finishing so strong, it really wouldn't have been a race uh, for John and Brian at all, really. Um, so, so that was neat. Yeah, like I said, we had we had fun there at the end. Um, the pressure really wasn't there because we were we knew we were fishing for second more or less, and uh, you know, I'm sure John and them probably had a little more pressure than we did, and they actually performed better under pressure on that final day than I guess we would have. Um, we, you know, we knew those guys, well, you know, Brian and John, they both can catch quality fish on the river. And, um, I knew that's Brian's area right up through there. So I knew beating him was going to be pretty hard. So, right. But all, in all, but all in all, we, I mean, we had a, we had fun with it and, uh, look forward to, I don't know if I'll do it th- this year, you know, I, like I said, I never like fishing for points because I don't like putting that pressure on myself. I just like going and fishing these tournaments for fun. But, uh, you know, depends on how we do, you know, throughout the first couple. And if it makes sense for us to fish points, we'll go after the points. But like I said, it's never one of those things at the beginning of the year. I'm, you know, demanding myself to be at every tournament. You know, I just, I don't like doing that. So, yeah. And, so, so let's go back to Glasgow and, and what I said in the podcast, you may have heard it or not. I said, well, you, you all were a mathematical possibility, I, I guess, you know, not to put uh, too long shot of an odds, but yeah, you were right. Saunders and uh, John had to finish very well, or you all had to finish very well. And there were enough boats where it was possible to beat them, but uh, realistically, yeah, that would have been a tall order. But w- what happened on your all's day? Uh, we started it off, um, fishing a hole, um, and caught three fish pretty quick. And then it just, the bite was just not there. You know, um, the cold front, if I recall correctly, we had a cold front come in that day and, uh, everybody had been, I mean, just catching the living crap out of them the day or two before, you know, we'd heard of some silly numbers being caught so we were pretty excited but we also knew with that front that it could be a tough bite and we i think we had three fish in the boat in the first 30 minutes um nothing big you know everything under like 18 pounds and uh then after that it was you know stuff that i had pre-fished prior um it just it wasn't there you know the fish weren't biting um couldn't get them to bite and 
I honestly am trying to remember. Um, I think it was the last 10 or 15 minutes of the tournament. We pulled into a spot right below the ramp, maybe a mile or two. And uh, we was actually fishing on a dike above Craig shoemate and them. We was watching them catch fish. And we thought that was pretty neat. And then all of a sudden our poles started going down and we actually ended up calling two of our smaller fish and, you know, just to help us out with finishing what 12th or 13th place, whatever we finished. But, um, it was, like I said, we had fun with it. It's just the bite just was not good for us. And it looked like, and this just may just be me looking too far into it, but everybody that went down didn't sack anything over. 85 pounds everybody that went up seemed to have a little bit better weight so that's just kind of odd yeah and then you had us just kind of floundering around there around the boat ramp so <laughs> well i've seen them caught right there by that boat ramp so um and so, so that was neat um you, you all yeah it, and it was uh you know we had kids in our boat but yeah it was tougher for us than uh, obviously everybody else but um, it, we, we had a, a decent fish later in the day that kind of salvaged our spirits too, but, um, well, that's good. So looking back on it this year, w- would you have done anything different? Uh, I mean, if I was going, you know, if you're talking points wise, I mean, cause we had strong finishes on almost all of our tournaments except one, um, there being the championship but what's really struck out to me is we didn't win a single tournament this year (laughs) so that that in itself i mean well i would like to do that differently i like to win a win a few of them instead of having seconds and thirds and fourths so um but all in all it was i mean we had a pretty solid year um i wish i would have probably not throwing some of my fish back you know knowing that i didn't have a chance to win that way i wouldn't have to like there at the end chasing points we uh i fished tournament at the bucksaw one i probably had a top 10 somewhere in there but i didn't i wasn't looking at points at that point in time and so i just threw my fish back and didn't weigh fish and looking back on that i probably would have done that a little bit differently yeah, and you didn't fish all the tournaments either, did you? No, no, we uh we didn't fish all those tournaments. Uh, usually when April comes around, I'm in the turkey woods or finding mushrooms, and the fishing's the last thing on my mind at that point. Um, so I don't fish them all. Um, and then with having kids, you know, there's sometimes just it doesn't make sense to go. So, um, like I said, I got a lot of help at home. Um with my girlfriend she helps out with the kids you know on some of these night tournaments and stuff that we do in the summertime um if i you know with the kids and just making sure that everything's taken care of here you know to allow me to go chase my passion and fish so sure well that's awesome (laughs) and um as far as looking ahead next year um the schedule i i think it's really awesome or, or i really enjoy it uh for Central Missouri catfish tournaments. Um, what what are your thoughts on it? I like it. Um, I mean, Shane and I collaborated with that schedule a little bit. I helped him out with what I thought would be, you know, some good dates and some good locations, you know, as far as changing some of that up. And he kind of went along with some of what I, you know, said. So, and he's he obviously put his flair on his own schedule too. But I was like, you know, maybe we – probably need to do away with some of these and you know because historically that's not a good time of year or whatnot and um i'm i'm really excited about the schedule um i'm my favorite tournament's probably going to be the first one or fra- yeah favorite tournament that he's going to have probably going to be that first one at wigwam um i cut my teeth down there i've been down in that area right there since i was 10 years old so that's like home water to me and uh i really Really like fishing that stretch, especially that time of year, because I would say 80% of the time that water is going to be turned on in February for that lake drawdown and fishing, if you catch it right, can be really good for everybody.
Yeah, and, and it's fun when fish are biting because even like Drake Harbor last year, right? Uh, that that they had a lot of water going through there, and we didn't finish very well. But you know, when you when everybody's catching fish, it's fun. I mean, even if you if you get tenth place, if if everybody's catching fish, that uh, drive home's a, a lot shorter. Yeah, you're correct. You're correct. Um, you know, like the Clarksville tournament. There's a lot of people going home on that one questioning whether or not they should be fishing at all <laughs> me included because i <laughs> like how do we go all day and only catch two channel cat you know like it was just you question yourself you know when you're not catching fish but when you're catching fish it, it like i said it makes it a lot easier um and like i said it <clears throat> the tournament that he had you know tournament events that he has going on the missouri river there's nobody I don't think there's hardly any tournaments on the Missouri river in Missouri anymore. Um, you know, you got twisted cats. They're kind of not doing a whole lot on the Missouri river. And then you got, um, the Kansas city guys. I don't even know if they're doing river tournaments. So, um, Shane has a great opportunity here to snag a few of the St. Louis and Kansas city guys to come over and fish, you know, the Miami or Jefferson city tournaments and stuff like that. So, yeah, and, and that's what I liked about this schedule. Not that I didn't like last year's schedule because Mark Twain, you know, I didn't mind going there. And I would have went to Clarksville, but I had, you know, life obligations. But um, really, I, I think the, the heart and soul of the Central Missouri Catfish Tournament, the heart and soul of those guys are Missouri River guys. Right. And I, I think that schedule really reflects that. And but like I said, not that people can't go to the lake or, or, or these other places and fish, but keeping uh, the core of it on the river, I, I think is really cool. And, and since no one else is doing it, it, it makes it even even neater. Well, it makes more sense, right? I mean, because, I mean, not a lot of the guys travel to like the Ozarks to fish. I mean, you'll get them, um, but it seems like when we have a tournament in Dalton or Miami, you got the guys from in that area that really show out, you know, and come. And if you have it during a great time of year, I mean, more than likely you're going to have more boats. And that's good for Shane and his tournament. So, um, I like I said, I, I think his schedule this year is pretty good. I mean, we're looking to fish as many as possible. Um, I know my work schedule is probably going to change some point in the middle of the year. So we'll see how that goes. But initially, up until May, I'm going to try to be at most of them. Yeah, and then I guess you'd have a a, a picture of, of how you're doing. You know, right. you're lasting all of them. You don't have to kill yourself to make them all. But um, what do you think? Because I've noticed this in just watching the results and the trends with everybody. Not saying like an outside fisherman can come in and not do well but people in their backyard and catfishing it seems like they have a, a bigger advantage than bass fishermen or crappie it, it just seems like the home it, it's hard to beat somebody at their home track it seems like it, it in this sport well i i agree 100 i mean it's time on water where where did they spend the most time on the water and uh most time it's usually the closest boat ramp and if it's in their backyard or you know, within 30 minutes, those guys probably know some really good areas that typically produces, you know, like I said, time on water. If they spent all four seasons out there, they could probably tell you what, where they've caught fish before. And it seems to not always hold true, but most of the time hold true. If you catch fish there, you're probably going to catch fish there again. And like I said, that's why I'm excited about Lake of the Ozarks. Was it in my backyard? No, but I spent a lot of my youth at the Lake of the Ozarks in that area. So Lake of the Ozarks, I'm typically, you know, enjoy those because I'm more familiar with some of those areas. Missouri River, you get in between Boonville and Jefferson City. I really like that stretch because, you know, I've spent a lot of time out my back door fishing those. So, um, yeah, I would, I would have to agree that if you got a home water advantage in the catfishing world, it makes a huge difference. 
But like I said, there is some guys that slide in here that are tough to beat. You know, Danny uh, Saflin or Saflin or whatever from or uh, Saflin. Yeah, from over in St. Louis area, he's tough, and um, he's he can come over here and play with us and beat us pretty good usually. Um, like I said, there's there's numerous guys that are really good on that river. That if you they do show up, you know you have to beat them. You know. Um, because they're going to catch them. Yeah, and and the cool thing too about catfishing and other fish, I guess, are this way. But you, you know, there's there's more than one way to skin a cat. There, there's more than one way to catch one. It's like some people are just shallow water guys, almost religiously. Some people are, you know, deep water, or you know, the current has to be smoking for them. And it's if you, I think, if you fine-tune it you know everyone has success doing their patterns if they're if they're dialed in correct I, I, I believe that I fish differently than most when it comes to lake fishing um, you know a lot of guys will drop two anchors out in the middle of the lake and some guys will put the trolling motor down and spot lock and drag baits or whatever they have to do and i'm typically putting my stuff up on the bank um i'm a different i i i, I become a bank fisherman when i'm at the lake of the ozarks for 90 percent of the time uh, huh. maybe call me a lazy fisherman all you want because i don't like throwing two anchors but uh, if i'm targeting fish i'm targeting ledges um typically at the lake unless it's you know shallow water bike where then we're dropping anchors and fish in the middle of a shallow water flat. But yeah, I mean, um, river fishing, I think, you know, everybody has their own little techniques. You know, I know some guys from white cloud, Kansas, they'll come out there and they'll sit underneath every green marker buoy and right in the middle of the channel, right on channel swing. And they'll pull their boat right up on the bank and whip our butts every time. And I don't, I'm, I'm sitting there wondering, how <laughs> i can't imagine sitting there in that smoking current and trying really i mean but they do it they come down here and i mean just beat us beat us all the time you know and you got like the chris bakers and the john youngs and i mean gary taylor's that can go out there and always seem to be on fish and you got a guy like me that can go out there and hit it great one day but then struggle six different days you know um so i mean there's techniques i learned a lot by fishing tournaments so if anybody's ever looking to get into a catfish tournament i promise you it's worth 160 dollars just to pay just to pick these people's brains to watch what they do to see how they fish because it will teach you a tremendous amount and that's like i said it comes back to the whole time on water if you spend your time on the water you'll figure it out eventually yeah and, and something else i love about tournaments not that i'm any good at them but when you pick a day to go to a tournament and it's 30 degrees and been raining if you were just pleasure fishing you wouldn't go right i mean it, it forces you to get out there fish six seven eight hours where as you know, it, it's forcing you time on the water. You're going to get better if you just go to them and, and you're not very good and don't have any notion of what you're doing. You're going to get better. Correct. I, I agree. I agree. So, as far as next year, is there anything, any new equipment or techniques or anything you're looking forward to mastering or kind of playing with? I like to find a bumping rod that I don't break. Um, <laughs> I ain't found one that I, that will handle the way I, I just, I've had bad luck with bumping rods. Um, and I want to get better at bumping, um, just for, cause I would like to go over and play around on the Mississippi river and fish a few of those bigger tournaments over there. Um, but as of right now, I haven't been practicing enough with the bumping rod. Um, we can do it. And we catch fish doing it, but 
I would like to learn some more techniques with that and find a really good bumpy rub that doesn't break. Um, I've had really bad luck with getting hung up and whatever. And then by the time I get to my hang up, I've somehow broke my rod. So, um, I've, I've used two or three different bumping rods and I've yet to find a good one, but, uh, that will handle what I do to it. Um, but, and, and you're not breaking them over your knee, correct? No, I haven't broken them <laughs> over my knee yet. Um, I did catch my personal best last year bumping. Um, and I was by myself and that pole handle of it. Great. And I mean, I had it obviously in some weird positions trying to net a 85 pound fish and current by yourself. And then the next trip I go out, I hang it up and then it snaps five eyes up from the real seat. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> and do you think you broke it? I could have. I could during the fit, like catching the fish and messing around there. Easily could have. Um, like I said, it was, you know, I was obviously trying to get a fish that size into a, a net by yourself. And that's, that's always tough. So, I mean, I could have very easily have done something to it, but I, I had talked to Gary Taylor and he had the same rod, do the same thing a week after that, you know? And like I said, I, I said, like, well, I had good luck, you know, I caught that fish and then literally went out next trip and snapped mine. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that shouldn't have happened. But I mean, it ain't like I had it wrapped around the eyes and was pulling, you know, silly i was just trying to get it broke off and it snapped in half but that's my goal is to find a good bumping rod and become um better at that um everybody's kind of switching to these lithium batteries and that's kind of got me intrigued um to switch them because they're talking about the runtime and the hours you can get out of those lithium batteries and it would be kind of nice to have you know that to where you ain't got to worry about running a generator throughout the day to charge your batteries. Um, so, but the price tag is probably what bothers me the most with those lithium batteries. Um, right. I mean, but, you don't want to have to get a second job and right. that'll cut into the fishing. <laughs> right. I may have to make, stop fishing a few tournaments just to pay for a couple of lithium batteries. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would like to be more efficient with the bumping. Um, and a lot of Shane's tournaments, you know, there's guys that bump all night long. There's guys that anchor all night long. And uh, I've always been one to, if I can sit on my butt and wait for a rod to go down, I'd rather do it. But there are times when bumping is more effective. And I, like I said, I would love to go over to the Mississippi River and play around a little more over there so yeah and um who who's been your uh partner this last year and and then going forward to this next year well david burtz and i um have been partners i think for about four years now and prior to that it was my dad um and whoever i decided to fish with but uh david and i I've known David since I was a kid. Um, we actually used to run Demolition Derby together for years and years. And like I said, my family's known his family for a long time. And uh, like I said, we got, he's older than I, um, but we both have, you know, he's got a Sea Arc boat and I got my G3 and we can switch off and on, kind of like you were talking with Brian and John about how they switch, you know, off and on on boats. It's kind of nice to have that. And, like I said, we can bounce ideals off each other. And uh, like I said, it's, it's hard to find a good tournament partner these days because I see so many guys going through tournament partners. And uh, like I said, Dave and I, there's never really been any spats about we should have done this or that. That It's fishing at the end of the day, and we're there to have fun. So, And we both enjoy it. And he pulls his weight, I pull my weight and that's what it's all about finding a quality tournament partner that will go out there and fish those bad days with you and you know come back then you know in two three weeks and put his money deposit down and said let's do it again so yeah well so, so you never gotten too mad at him out there no like i said never got mad at him i mean we never had a, i mean 
I think he may have got mad at me one day when I told him to fix me a sandwich in the front of the boat and I catch the biggest fish on his rod, but (laughs) 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 but we ended up winning the championship down at the Lake, the Ozarks with twisted cat that year. And he said, I'm going to make me a sandwich. You mind? He says, you want me to make you one? I said, yeah, go ahead and make me one. (laughs) Just pulled in. And, uh, about that time his rod gets smoked he says you want me to get i said no you make them sandwiches and get that net ready i got this <laughs> uh, shoot well with friends like that you don't need enemies joe there <laughs> uh, yeah that, that's fun but and- going for me and him you know, like i said we we all fish them um if it makes sense for either one of us um uh, as far as any big tournaments we i don't have any um the old lady she has decided to spend all my vacation days before 2023 started with going on vacation so i ain't got too many fishing days where i can go um on long trips so (laughs) but other than that um we're probably just gonna fish local you know local tournaments and mostly shanes well and lucky for you, that the best fishing in the nation, a lot of it's right here. So yeah, I mean, you don't have to travel to Alabama to catch big fish. I mean, they're right here in our backyard. Um, do I wish our lakes were a little better? Absolutely. Um, as far as, you know, quality. Um, but as far as catching fish, Lake of the Ozarks is a fun place to take a four-year-old um that's never caught a fish and that's what my whole plan was yesterday when i took my daughter i said i know we can go down there and catch fish and as long as it's enjoyable for her that's all that mattered so um and we caught a lot of fish but we caught quality yesterday so which i wasn't expecting that um but we caught some really good fish yesterday so well, don't don't use up all your luck because uh, February will be here before you know it. Yeah, I know. I may have to tr- trade out bad luck brown dog <laughs> and put my four-year-old in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> so if if anyone listening, because you, you know what you're doing down there, and I'm not asking you to give secrets or anything, but if anyone's kicking around entering this tournament in February, is there any kind of starting advice or, or something you would tell them to – give them point them in the right general direction well if they're running water i'd be sticking to that running water um if they're not running water fish coat fish near bait you know um like i said february's a great time down there it can make it make you feel really good most of the time when you're down there if that if they're running that water um but I would just stick to the channel if they got that. If you can drop that front anchor like you do on the Missouri River and it holds you, you're going to have a really good day. Um, and fresh bait. And down at the Lake of the Ozarks, there's no reason not to have fresh bait because it's everywhere. I mean, there's shad everywhere all over that lake. So get you some fresh bait. Um, if you can, Most of the time, you can keep them alive for... 12 hours down there this time of year when that water's cool put them in your live well go out there and have you a ball all right well i'm I'm, you're getting me excited for it here well like Um, that 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 time of year at the lake the ozarks can be really fun i mean there's i've obviously been down there in february where one day was 10 times better than the next but most people should go down there and catch fish um like I said, it's a really fun time. You may catch a lot of them cookie cutter, four to five to six pounders, you know. But uh, I really wish they would relieve that slot. I think I remember you talking about that or somebody talking about that, about if they would, for tournaments, remove the slot where you weigh them in and then release them. You know, obviously everything's got to be released alive anyway. But it would make a lot more because you hear a lot of guys come to boat ramp all i could catch was 13 pound fish which a 13 pound fish down there is a slot fish so um. right yeah and and i've said that for a long time um and not you know the rules are the same for everyone but it's just one less thing to think about one i mean it's a handy excuse for me i can say well all my fish are slot fish but right um it 
if they're real close, see, that make, makes me nervous, you know. I don't want to get in trouble or uh, – it, it would just – one last thing for me to think about, and uh, I, it, I think it would be neat. It is definitely nerve-wracking. Um, we fished Twisted Cat Championship back in like 2020, 2019. I forget what it was. And at the time, I had no idea that they were giving out a prize for the largest under. Well, I had one that was like 25 and like seven eighths on my scale. My scale may not be the same as Alex's. And I was nervous wreck. We caught our last over at like one o'clock and we came in. I asked him, I said, can I wet, you know, measure a fish on yours before weigh in starts to make sure. And he was, he, he agreed to allow me to, and it was close. I mean, because when he put it on there, he measured it a lot different than I measured it. I pinched the tail, but he laid it on its side and pinched the tail I, where I had laid it on its belly and pinched the tail. And he's like, that is one of the closest fish I've measured today. And that would have essentially cost us first place if that fish was. And we didn't need that fish at all. I mean, because we, we had it one with our overs, you know. But I was like, I sitting there thinking back on that. I was like, if that would have went on the line, that would have been really bad. Yeah. And how does Shane measure him? Because I can't even remember. Um, I I don't know. I think, I think he puts them on the side, but I honestly, I, I don't remember. Okay. Because mine, my, uh, where I measure the fish, it's up on the bow. You know, I kind of lay them down there so they're not flopping around. But it's something to think about uh, for sure. And I, like I said, I, I wish it was something I didn't have to think about. Right. All right. I mean, it, I've seen guys get disqualified for it. And I feel bad because, I mean, it's, like I said, an eighth inch can vary a lot on anybody's measuring device. And uh, like I said, it, <clears throat> if it was up to me, I always try to play it close. I always try to play it safe. Uh, right you know, 25 and a half where I would probably stop my unders, you know, if I'm looking to, cause it's, yeah, it's nice to have six and a half pound unders, but at what cost, you know, if you have two, over, if you have two overs, definitely everything in the boat, if it ain't at 25 and a half or less is getting thrown out. So, yeah. Cause, cause at the end of the day, you're measuring a slimy squirming, Right, and yes. if you got if you got an over or what you believe is to be an over, because he's barely touching the thirty four inch line, you always take the chance on that, because that's twenty pounds you could or twenty twenty five pounds you could be throwing out if you you measure it and you're like ah oh, it's thirty three and fifteen sixteenths and Shane measures it and it's thirty four and a sixteenth on his I mean that could be twenty some pounds you throw out right. Right. You always well, take the chance on the bigger ones, and you never take a chance on the small ones is my rule. But Yeah, well, that, that's a good thing to think about, and uh, <laughs> it's good to think about ahead of time because, you know, you, you don't want to be thinking about it first thing when, when you got this fish flopping on your deck. Right. Um, it, it's good to think about. Do you have anyone you, you want to thank or, or any anything like that? Uh, the girlfriend, I would like to thank her, for one, for putting up with the uh, – my fishing habits um the stress that comes involved with it the late night bait catching um the help with the kids um without her i mean i just don't get to go and do it as much um mad cat rods they've helped us a lot and since 2020 i believe um matt knight he's been a you know really good supporter anytime i have a problem you know he's there to answer questions um and then dave he works for morton buildings and they have sponsored us for the past couple of years and you know if we go to these big tournaments they'll throw in some money to help with the uh, hotels and fuel and stuff like that so and then adam up there at tombstone tackle great guy I've known adam for a really long time and he's always done us right always you know stood behind his products and you may have to hear hear him run his mouth off at you a few times, which is all in fun and games. But 
great guy. You can't you can't beat the service you'll get up to Tombstone Tackle. So those are the people I'd like to thank. All right. And and yeah, your your girlfriend you said she's putting up with you talking about catching bait and everything, but are you talking about fishing all the time and driving her crazy too? Well, it ain't so much me talking about it. It's you know, if we go out to eat with her family and I went fishing, they know I've gone fishing then they ask, you know, for conversation starters, how was fishing? And then she has to hear for hear about it for the next 20, 30 minutes. And she gets the eye rolls going and stuff like that. Yeah. But, it's like they can't get away from it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Well, uh, is, is there anything else, any parting thoughts you, you want to uh, talk about or anything? No, I just wish everybody a happy new year. Um, hope to see everybody um, at the Central Missouri Cat Tournament. Um said Shane's done a great job um somebody that been doing it I don't know how long he's been doing it six years five years long enough you know you don't ever hear anybody talking about favoritisms I mean he just literally he's by the book I mean he's fair and I just hope he can get some more boats and I like like I said I like where that tournament is headed you know in the direction that's headed because as of right now, I think he's one of only, he's one of few that does Missouri River tournaments, and we all enjoy fishing that river. So, all right, well, thank you so much, and I hope you have a, a great twenty twenty three, and and you can close the gap even even more on this points race. That's right. All righty. Well, I appreciate it, Cliff. All right. Thanks, Joe. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thanks again to Joe for being a part of the podcast and, and taking time time out of his schedule to, to do that. So that's awesome. And wish him luck in the future. Coming up, there is on January 10th, so next Tuesday, at Le Bourgeois Winery, Missouri River Relief is going to talk to Paul Davis, son and grandson of the founders of Davisdale Farms. So... This family had farmed at Franklin Island and Davisdale Conservation Areas. So they were the farmers there before Missouri Department of Conservation acquired this land. So I think he's going to talk about the land and them farming it and the history of the, of the place there. And he will share stories from the 50-year history of the treasured public lands prior to the acquisition by MDC. So... Franklin Island's an awesome place to be shared by the public, and Davisdale is too. One of the most stressful times in my life happened down at Davisdale. I was coon hunting with my oldest son, Finley, and he was still in diapers, so it was several years ago. But there was, we were coon hunting, my vehicle broke down. We were with Charlie Wyatt, and it broke down down there. So we got a ride home. Wasn't a big deal riding home, but a snowstorm hit an ice storm. We couldn't get a tow truck or anything to go get it. It had had like a foot of snow. I thought it was a fuel pump. So I was change a fuel pump on this suburban, which isn't a real easy task with my father-in-law and my wife. Extremely cold. Your hands get extremely cold doing that. That wasn't the, the problem Ultimately, my wife, who's used to dealing with my junk and myself, we went down there and, and just got the Suburban, brought it home, and, and fixed it. But it took about a week to do all that with all the bad weather, and you have your vehicle down down in Davisdale, which is a pretty remote place, and it was just wild. And uh, anyway, it, it's a beautiful area if you if you hunt or you know, walk nature trails, bird, whatever. Davisdale is a cool place and it's, it's going to be increasingly more important with the, the urban sprawl from, from Boone County because places like that, they're, they're becoming rarer and rarer. So that will be an awesome one. You can watch this on Zoom or you can watch live on YouTube. You got to register on Zoom, watch live on YouTube, check out Missouri River Relief their page, what they have going on if you want to be a part of that, which I think it'd be cool. I'm going to try to tune in on that. 
our next podcast. I am pumped for our next podcast. It features Dr. Raymond Bauer, who is one of the top experts on shrimp to discuss the fascinating Ohio shrimp. So we had a shrimp in our state, the Ohio shrimp. It was thought to be extirpated, I think's the word. It didn't occur in our state anymore. And then they found it again. And it's mostly the lower Mississippi, you know, Cape Girardeau's probably the pretty far north. But it it's it's here. It's in our state. And it has to reproduce in salt water. So a fascinating species. It gets pretty big. It's a very important species for forage. And we have the top expert, one of the very top experts. In fact, he has a giant book coming out just on shrimp that he's been working on for half a decade. So I am so stoked that Dr. Bauer, who also had roots in our state, he went to UMKC. He's going to be on next uh, week's podcast discussing the Ohio shrimp. And then February 18th, Wigwam Lake of the Ozarks is our next tournament. And even if you don't tournament fish, March 15th, spoonbill season starts. So it, it seems like this is the the uh, the nadir, the low point of the season, but fishing is right around the corner if you're not fishing right now. I, I've seen several boats out. I, I thought it was Pat Gwinter, but it, it may have been someone else. There, there's several boats out, I think, going to Thomas Hill, if nothing else, but lots of boats for sale, people upgrading. Now's the time to get ready to get some of those honeydew things out of the way so that we can hit the hit the water hard and if you're not hitting it hard now it it won't be long and and it'll be in full swing so i encourage everybody to keep plugging along and and getting ready because because we are excited music by cowboy bart thank you again to joe bell thank you very much for listening to us our email address is missouri catfish podcast at gmail.com or message us probably easier that way on Missouri Catfish Podcast on Facebook, and it's also Night Owl Bait Company on Facebook. So like us, follow us on there, email us, anything you're doing. I, I'd actually, I want to do a segment. They started stocking these trout at uh, Park and Moberly, and I haven't heard really anything about it since since they said they were stocking them and, and everything. So if anyone has any information, if they've been out there fishing them, drove by, saw a lot of people, I'd kind of be interested in, in doing that, uh, spreading the word on that. So again, thanks for listening and tight lines. I was born. Like